Hello, welcome to episode two of Steve Will Say Anything. I'm at Steve Anything. Follow me on Twitter. Check out, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. Smash that subscribe button wherever you're listening so you don't miss any shows. All links will be in the description. Support us on Patreon. That link will also be in the description. <laughs> um, I'd like to shout out Anchor FM for being super easy to use and helping me, like, you know, get going on all this. Pretty awesome. Pretty fucking awesome. Let's jump right into it. So, I'm into Star Wars. I've always been into Star Wars. Absolutely love it. Um, when I was a kid, I have really fond memories of watching... I think I watched Empire Strikes Back first, just because that happened to be the uh, um, the VHS tape that we had at the time. And later on, of course, I would discover the rest of them. It wasn't just like, you know, like the Empire Strikes Back. Suddenly I was like, wait, boy, there was a... There was one before that. What? Wait, what? You know, like a little kid just being like, holy crap. And then watching A New Hope was like eye-opening because I was like, while I love Empire, A New Hope really like spun me around. I was like, this is amazing. Oh, this is everything that I wanted in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> and then, of course, I watched Six and all of the, everything else that came after that. And When I was a little kid and I was watching like, well, I wasn't really a little kid. I was 13 when Revenge of the Sith came out, and that was just incredible. But of course, we just experienced our own little bit of Star Wars culture this week. Um, we had, of course, May the 4th, Star Wars Day, and then the follow-up, Revenge of the 5th. <laughs> this sounds ridiculous. But we also got a new show called The Bad Batch on Disney+. And I'm really, I gotta get into it. I haven't watched it yet. But I'm ready to get into it. I got uh, I got some time today, thinking about dedicating a little bit of it to uh, that space opera in the sky. <laughs> so I got some I got some crazy ass news to talk about, man. I got some stuff going on here. Here, let me just uh, let me boot this up. There it is. Stranded sailor spent four years alone on an abandoned ship. Question, would you be able to spend years alone on a massive ship? Hmm? Food for thought. That's not the whole article. Just, just give me one sec. I needed to get my caffeination on. Some people are natural hermits who enjoy spending most of their lives in complete solitude. But for most, being left utterly alone would be a special kind of hell. I feel that. I feel that. It's emotional. It's like spiritual. For one man, that hell has come to an end. On April 22nd, Syrian sailor Mohammed Aisha was finally allowed to leave an abandoned ship on which he had spent the last four years completely alone. After the cargo ship MV Amman was detained by Egyptian port authorities in 2017, Aisha became its unwitting guardian due to various circumstances and ended up being left all by himself on the floating hulk. On his way home at the Cairo airport, Aisha could only describe his feelings in two words. Relief. Joy, he told the BBC. He later gave the news agency a slightly longer statement. How do I feel? Like I finally got out of prison. I'm putting a little inflection on it, a little little pizzazz. I'm finally going to be rejoined with my family. I'm going to see them again, he said. Jeez, that's, that's all that would keep you going through four years of floating endlessly alone. Over the long years of the ship... 
Aisha battled both physical and mental health issues brought on by this complete isolation from the outside. He had no company, no sanitation, no power, nothing. He no company I can deal with, no power I can deal with. Sitting in my own shit for four years, I might, um, I might not be happy about. But in the end, he pulled through. Congratulations, Mr. Aisha. I guess shit wasn't the only thing he had to worry about. <laughs> Come on, Steve. Be a little bit more compassionate. A victim of circumstance. But how did he get abandoned on a dead ship? The whole story began in 2017 when Aisha joined the crew of MV Amman as a chief officer, contracted by a Lebanese firm and owned by another company in Bahrain. On its way through the Suez Canal... Suez, man, it's just a hot button. It's just, it's so central. Everything happens on the Suez these days, doesn't it? Officials at the Egyptian port of Adibiya Sure. Uh, stopped the ship. They discovered that MV Amman's safety equipment and classification certif certificates were woefully out of date. There shouldn't have been any majors with the problems. All the ships had to do was, all the ship had to do was get to port, get new safety gear, and get its paperwork done. However, its owner simply said no, just no. That's a quote. It's just quote no. The Lebanese company that had contracted the ship refused to pay for additional fuel, leaving the ship stuck in the Gulf of Suez. Oh, at least it wasn't in the canal. At the same time, MV Amman's Bahraini owners ran out of money and declared bankruptcy. The ship was going to go absolutely nowhere anytime soon. The famous saying goes that a captain is supposed to stay with their ship until the bitter end. That was not the case here. At some point, the captain left and just never came back. With no captain on the ship, an Egyptian court declared the next highest-ranking officer as the ship's legal guardian, and that happened to be Aisha. At the time, he simply shrugged and signed the court order as he didn't know what the decision entailed. The horrible truth dawned on him only months later when the rest of the sailors were leaving the ship. According to international law, Aisha had to stay with the ship, come what may. He wouldn't be getting paid, and he had no hope for aid. They had to They had to throw that one. They were working on that all night, I bet. His nightmare had begun. Aisha was now stuck on the ship with no fuel, and there was obviously no power, and he only got food from occasional Coast Guard visits. Okay, so he had a couple of visits. He had people who knew he was there on that boat, right? Okay. There was nothing to do on the ship but watch other vessels sail by. A few times, Aisha's brother who was also a sailor, passed MV Amman, and the two talked briefly on the phone. So he was legally, he legally was not allowed to leave this ship. So people, even his family, knew that he was on the ship. And they're like, yeah, he's there. Why didn't they, why didn't they bring him like food and like a lantern and stuff like that? The loneliness and desperation of his situation quickly started to wear down Aisha's mental well-being, especially when night fell. You can't see anything. You can't hear anything. It's like you're in a coffin, he said. Ooh, that's not cool. But a bigger blow came in August 2018 when Aisha learned that his mother had passed away. At that point, the stranded sailor toyed with the idea of turning the ship from a figurative coffin into a literal one. They're, they're having fun with writing this article, I think. I seriously considered ending my life, Aisha admitted coldly. <laughs> Solitary years passed, and in March 2020, a massive storm hit the Gulf of Suez, 
The winds pushed MV Amon away from its anchorage, causing it to drift five miles before running around, running aground a few hundred yards from the shore. During the storm, Aisha was terrified, but he soon realized it had been a blessing. Now he could swim ashore every now and then to buy food and charge his cell phone. So, now he could swim ashore every now and then and buy food and charge his cell phone. So he had money, and he was able to charge his cell phone. So he was able to get to land and see people. And his brother would came would come to see him. Perhaps more importantly, he could talk to an actual human being instead of the shadow people on the walls. But there's no light in there. But still, he had to return to his ship. When the Ever Given blocked the Suez Canal earlier this year, Aisha passed the time by counting the other ships stuck in the seaway. Yep, still 115. <laughs> same as yesterday, same as the day as before. 115. Mm -hmm. It's going to be trillions in damages. Uh, not the only one. Although Aisha's moment of deliverance finally came, he says he feels let down by the ship's owners. On their part, the owning company, Tylo Shipping and Marine Services, they're calling them out, said they tried to find help, but laws and practicality tied their hands. I can't force a judge to remove the legal guardianship, and I can't find a single person on this planet, and I've tried to replace him, a, rep a representative said. Aisha's experience is unfortunately far from unique, and it highlights a serious problem. The International Labor Organization says that there are currently 250 similar active cases around the seven seas. So there's just a shitload of people who have just been abandoned on ships, and the government knows about them. When a ship owner runs into financial difficulties, they far too often simply abandon the sailors to their fate. Forsaken by their employers with no aid incoming, sailors in these situations easily succumb to depression and other health problems. This, dra this, is quote, this drama and suffering of Mohammed Aisha could have been avoided if the owners and the parties with responsibilities and obligations to the ship had assumed their responsibilities and arranged his re repatriation earlier, said Mohammed Arakadi of the International Transport Workers Federation, the ITWF, who arranged Aisha's trip home. You'd imagine Aisha would want nothing to do with ships after this, but you'd be wrong. He's a dedicated seafarer who knows what he's good at. Once he's caught up with his family, Aisha intends to return to the sea. Hopefully his next trip doesn't end up lasting four years. He's just taking the piss out of the situation. This poor guy. Stuck on a ship. Oh, oh, but now he's like, I'm going back to the sea. He's like, it's all I know. <laughs> it calls me. I feel that. I feel that, man. So a couple of trending Twitter uh, hashtags today. Let's take a look. Live feed right now. Hockey. Hashtag it's bud time. I hope that's about beer. Let's take a look. What else do we got? Mother's Day. Do not forget that tomorrow is Mother's Day. Steven, do not forget that tomorrow is Mother's Day. Reminder to myself when I edit this show later. Rip Tawny Katane. Oh. So hashtag Rip Tawny Katane. 80s music video vixen and bachelor party star dies at 59. Oh. She was awesome. The queen of 80s uh, music video dancing. She was very... Uh, she was extremely prolific back in the day. Like, really. 
It's uh, that's really sad. That's that's really sad. That sucks. Here we go. Here's a good story. Uh, headline: Octopus octopuses punch fish sometimes for no apparent reason. What have what have eight legs? Hunt among a group of fish and can throw a mean sucker punch. That's all. <laughs> that is the uh, the pun of the year, right there. According to research published in Ecology last week, the answer would be octopuses. Yes, octopuses, not octopi. We ask. It's not octopi. That seems weird. Octopuses punch fish deliberately. Sometimes there's a reason, but other times there's no discernible excuse. So they're just, they're the angry guy on the lawn. They're, you know, and they're just like, get out of here, mother, you know. <laughs> this wild punching, eight arms flailing at you, in a, almost like a choreographed dance. Just getting pummeled like a fucking speed bag. First time researcher Eduardo Sampaio witnessed this phenomenon. He laughed. Normally that'd be fine, but at the time he was underwater wearing scuba equipment. I almost choked on my regulator, he said in an interview with NPR's Morning Edition. When I saw it for the first time, I just burst out laughing. Well, that's all you can fucking do. The octopus is typically a solitary creature, but sometimes an octopus might take part in a hunting party made up of fishes. Uh, a, a grouper's gestures, for example. Can clue an octopus into the location of prey. Sampaio and his co-researchers were studying this mutually beneficial behavior when they came across an octopus punching fish while hunting. And they've got a video. Okay, let's watch it. Okay. I see the fish. There's the octopus. Oh, shit! He literally just lashed out at this fucking... Looks like a yellow jack or something like that. Is this another instance? It's another video. Okay, what is he doing now? He's just fucking punching at these fish. Just one specific fish too. And now it's another it's another one. Yeah, they're just they just reach out and like maybe it's like, you know, get away. Just please don't don't come near me, you fucking fish bastard. He, no, he's he's like trying to fake this fucking He's stepping up. He's stepping to these fish. That's wild. Yeah. That was... <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Well, I guess... Um, I guess octopi... Octopuses are the... Uh, the tough guys of the sea. <laughs> what are you doing here? What are you doing here, man? Back off. <laughs> okay, I got another story here. This one's uh this one's a little newer. People are stealing Legos. Here's why. Lego larceny may be on the rise. French police have been investigating an international ring of toy thieves with a particular affinity for the colorful interlocking bricks, according to a recent report from The Guardian. In this case, three suspects were caught ta uh, taking boxes of Legos from a toy shop near Paris with the goal of selling them in Poland, according to Le, Le Parisien. Le Parisien! <laughs> and it's not just Europe. Lego robberies have happened in the United States as well. Last month, a man in Oregon was arrested after local police suspected he stole $7,500 worth of Lego toy sets. There is a lot of money in Legos. 
Lego sets come out in limited editions, and they soon become collector's items. There might even be a whole black market for the bricks, Lego specialist Gerben Van Eken tells Scott Simon on Weekend Edition. Well, that's very difficult to prove that there's a black market. However, there is an enormous amount of collectors out there who are missing out on certain sets right now and are willing to pay a lot of money for these sets, he says. Van Eken is an auctioneer at an auction website for collectibles. He says the most valuable and sought-after sets are those in their original packaging, not opened yet. Well, that's true for any collectible item. Jesus. For example, Lego Cafe Corner, a set released in 2007 for about $150, can nowadays run up to $3,000 if kept in its original condition. Van Eken says... Um, other sets routinely fetch thousands of dollars on online marketplace. Some sellers are asking for more than $3,500 for an open, unopened set of the Lego Millennium Falcon. Well, that stands to reason. Back to the Star Wars thing. Jeez, $4 billion was too low, George. Just like almost everything else in the world, the pandemic could be a driving force behind this phenomenon, especially during the lockdown period as we are in right now. It's still extremely popular, Van Eken adds, and Lego sales are still extremely high, not only in the Lego company itself, but on our platform too. We saw a 100% rise in sales over the past year. 100% rise in sales. That's incredible. Maybe I should start buying stock in Lego, man. Let's actually take a look. Take a look at what the Lego stock is at, yo. Legato Merger Corp. Oh, that's not what I want. Lego Toy Company. Come on. There we go. Popular toy maker Lego. Lego is not a publicly traded company. Damn. That would have been dope. Oh, well. Oh, well. Would have been pretty cool, but what can you do, right? Oh, well. Well, I think that does it for today's show. Thanks for stopping in. Don't forget to... Uh, don't forget to check us out. Uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. We are now on all four. Links will be in the description. Please check us out on Patreon. Support the show if you like what you're hearing. All uh, proceeds will go towards, if uh, if you're in the bronze tier, tier three on my Patreon, You um, your contributions will go to creating merchandise for the show. If you like what you're hearing, you know, like you want to hear more, Come support the show. And uh, we have Tier 2, Silver Edition, which gives you private access to the Discord. Come chat about the show. Come hang out with me. Um, I'll be on all day, every day. Why not, right? Um, thank you for coming and checking out the show. Uh, hope you had a great day. Have a happy weekend. Peace out.